Hello, and welcome to the Whiteboard Basketball Podcast, the place to go for analysis of last week's Magic Games and insight on the future of the franchise from the perspective of real fans. I'm Cole, and on the phone from Philly is Ian, and let's jump right into it. Hello, Magic fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Whiteboard Basketball Podcast, live from Las Vegas, Nevada, fresh off a massive 65-cent win on the slots today. Cole Von Werder here joining you from a Mirage hotel room with my co-host Ian. Uh, pretty great day here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, very exciting here at the Mirage. Just had a couple of drinks. Classic Cole and Ian night. Uh, but we're back here capping off the evening with exactly what you need to keep the spirits flowing talking about the fucking orlando <laughs> magic holy shit how the hell did we wind ourselves here ian jump in give me your thoughts what are you thinking here about the orlando magic yeah so i, I want to start um look i've got i've got two things uh, about the preseason that i i need magic fans to hear all right but before we get to that um i, I want to take a step back and talk about the off season. All right. I saw a lot of people on Twitter bitching and moaning about how day one of free agency, we did nothing. Hi, welcome to Orlando Magic Basketball. We had no cap space. We couldn't. Okay. We needed a solid veteran to come in and, like, teach these guys, teach some of our young guys kind of, like, you know, how to play the game and how to, like, try to win and, and that sort of thing, right? And I think we got that in Robin Lopez and Etwan Moore. All right, I, I I like Etwan not as a player, of course. <laughs> He's gonna ride the pine. I agree, but he just seems like a nice dude, you know. Yep. Like when he was here the first time, like his interviews were always kind of funny, and uh, okay, and uh, he always seemed you know like kind of high spirited and whatever. And like you know, I, you you gotta like that in a guy. You gotta like that in a guy. So so in that regard, right, like. I like him, and Robin Lopez, him and Stuff. I was always on Stuff's side, not Robin's side, but they've uh, they've patched it up. They're best friends now, so I guess I can accept Robin Lopez and the Orlando Magic family. Uh, so I think from a free agency standpoint, we got what we needed. Cole, before we get to my two bones to pick with Orlando Magic fans, what was your thought on free agency? Uh, I thought it was exactly what we needed. Uh, I mean, look, this is a team that's not built to win right now. This is a team that's rebuilding, not a competing for a championship. You know, the whole point of this year is hit on the hit on the pick. You know, hopefully we win the lottery. Hopefully we have Cade Cunningham, bring in some vets that could help develop them. Obviously, we don't hit on them. We get Jalen Suggs though, total miracle, and now it's all about developing Jalen Suggs. Right. So you got to bring in some guys who can spread the floor because here's the thing. You don't want this guy driving into the paint with two fucking centers out there and the paint's clogged and he never has any space and he shoots 15% at the rim and he gets discouraged and now he just starts taking step back mid-rangers for the rest of his career. You know, you mm -hmm. want to build the guy's confidence and give him some experience running a real NBA offense. Right, right. And look, I think this team is 
is kind of built for that, right? He's got some good veterans around him. I think Terrence Ross is going to be a good veteran for him. I think Etwan Moore is going to be a good veteran for him. I even think Robin Lopez is going to be a good veteran for him. Yep. But but more than that, right, I think Robin is going to be a better veteran for Mo Bamba. And so I want to get to my two bones to pick with Orlando Magic fans coming like at this point in the preseason. We've had three preseason games. We have one left. We are recording this on the night when the Magic lost 101-100 to versus the Spurs. And here's what I am saying to Orlando Magic fans. Listen up, fuckers. Lay the hell off of Franz Wagner. You don't know if this guy's going to be an all-star. You don't know if this dude's going to be a bust. He was the eighth-round pick, or he was the eighth overall pick for us for a reason, okay? Has he looked great? No, not really. But, like... Like, relax, okay? Like, relax and take a chill pill. I don't think this offense so far has been set up for him to shine, all right? I think he's kind of supposed to be in a supporting role. And based on what I know about Mosley, I think Mosley's trying to figure out the guard play first, all right? Mosley was absolutely instrumental in developing uh, Luka in Dallas, I think he's going to be absolutely instrumental in in developing our young guards. And honestly, I hate to say this, and Magic fans may not like this, but I think he's probably better with guards than he is the rest of the team. Just because, if I remember correctly, Cole, and correct me if I'm wrong, he was a guard, right? I believe so. Right. So he's probably, like, like, lay off the rest of the team. Okay, and lay off Franz. Like, please, again, I am not saying this guy is our savior, okay? If he was our savior, he would have been the fourth pick, not the eighth pick. Or, yeah, right, he was the eighth because we had five and eight. Or, no, you know, he would have been the Yeah, he would have been the fifth pick, not the eighth pick. But chill the hell out, all right? So everybody needs to, like, take a goddamn Twitter hiatus for a little bit, all right? And stop reading, like, Wall Street bets and random shit on Twitter, all right? And, like, calm the hell down. That's the first thing. The second thing, all right? Mo Bamba is a new guy. I am not saying he is a better player than he was. I am not saying he's a better guy than he was the last three seasons. I am saying he is new. Every single one of these guys is new. So I think you need to give Bamba a little bit more than three games in the preseason to determine the future of this dude. Again, Cole, I am not saying this guy is a winner. I'm not saying this guy is Dwight Howard. I am not saying this guy is like the greatest center of all time. I'm not even saying this dude's a serviceable serviceable backup. I'm saying it's too early to judge anything. So please... Magic fans, I love you all, but chill the hell out. Yeah, I think uh, three full NBA seasons might not be enough time for uh, Mo Bamba. You know, I don't know. For me, I, I, I'm just I'm out on Mo Bamba, and I almost was back in. I was talking to you literally on the phone as we were watching the game. <laughs> we were literally physically on the phone watching the game at the same time, and I'm like, wow, dude, Mo Bamba, he looks pretty good. He lo- man, he looks like he really packed on some weight. He looks a lot bigger. He's got some energy out there. He's dunking the ball. He's making moves. 
you know, what a guy, man. And we're start, we're talking about Mo Bamba, like, oh, man, this could be a breakout season. You know, this could be him. Oh, dude, this is exactly what we needed for Mo. And then next thing you know, he, he reaches out, he fucking hacks a guard, he fouls somebody, and you see up on the thing, he fucking fouls out in 12 minutes. And I'm like, holy shit, you know? What the fuck? And I was like, well, yeah. I'm back out on Mo. Well, here's the thing. Here's why I'm not out on... So I... I I've never been out on... Look, I think this is the same thing with, like... Look, you and I are not NBA players, okay? You and I have real jobs and, like, a real career. I think the success of of us in our careers is depending upon where we land, right? I think it's the same deal with NBA careers. Your boss has a lot to do with your development, okay? Yeah. Like... If I listened to my boss, I'd be a loser at work. <laughs> okay? Like, he's a great dude. Like, I love him to death. Don't get me wrong. Right? But he tells me not to do some things that I'm probably not supposed to be doing, and I do them anyway, and it has reaped major benefits for both me and the company. Okay? So I want that to be known. And he doesn't know that I've reaped major benefits because he didn't know that I did them. He just sort of thought that they like happened, happened accidentally. And I'm okay with that. But my point is the fact that he cares so little that I do these things allows me to go out and try things and succeed. Mo Bamba was not loved by Steve Clifford. Steve Clifford hates rookies. Okay. And so what I think happened was Mo comes in, Clifford's not going to apply him because Clifford doesn't want to be the re doesn't want to be known as a rebuilding coach, which is why he quit the damn job. Okay. He doesn't want to be known as like, he wants to win a championship, which is fair. And I like Steve Clifford and I don't give him, I'm not, I'm not trying to bat. I'm not trying to go on a diatribe where I'm like shit talking Steve Clifford. Cause I like him. But my point is this. Okay. I think Clifford came in didn't give Bamba a little a lot of playing time, didn't give Bamba a lot of development, tried to win, all right? I think that hurt Bamba's development, okay? I'm kind of quoting Steve, uh, Philip Rossman right here, who is just a phenomenal podcast host. But I, I think that, like, the, I, I, I truly believe that, that this is what happened, right? Bamba comes in. Uh, Clifford has an agenda of winning. Bamba has a de- has an agenda of developing his game. Okay, two totally different agendas. Therefore, Bamba's agenda is less important than the team's agenda. Bamba doesn't get a lot of playing time. Bamba feels like he has to be right all the time when he's on the floor. Maybe a little too much pressure. Whatever, we can debate that another time. But I think for him, he was probably putting too much pressure on himself. Okay. Went out there, fucked up. Steve Clifford said, I don't trust you. Hurt his confidence more. Hurt his confidence more. Look, with these guys, and I, I mean, I don't, I don't say just, I'm not saying just with these guys, and I know I'm going on a rant, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you get your points here in a second, and I apologize. But, like, like, it's all about confidence in this world, in your personal life, professional life, all of it. And if you have none, you're going to perform like shit. I am sorry. And I think that's what happened, right? You look at my last job, you look at this job. Last job had no confidence. I had a boss telling me I was a fucking idiot. This time I got a, I got a boss who's given me five stars on every review ever, so much so that they last like five minutes. And I love my job and I'm killing it, right? It's all about confidence. The whole damn thing is about confidence. 
that's my point. That's why I don't think Bamba's done well. I think he's gaining some. So I'm not ready to completely write him off yet. Uh, I, I think you give him the first half of the season. At the minimum. You give him the full season at the max. Let's see where he is in the max. Uh, once again, I'd just like to state for the record. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fully out on Mo Bamba. And before even... Before the draft, I was out on Franz Wagner. I'm not saying guaranteed he's a bust. I'm just saying, personally, my prediction is I'm out. I'm just out on him. I just wasn't that excited about him. I, I just don't want to have a nice low upside guy. I want to swing for the fence, you know? I mean, this number eight pick, this was supposed to be us trading Nick Vooch, and it's like, oh, we get a first from the Bulls, and they'll probably go on to get the seventh seed or the eighth seed, or they'll sneak into the playoffs. We'll get some shitty mid-round pick. We'll draft someone who's a piece of shit, and the team will continue to suck forever. And then the whole thing goes off the rails. We get the number eight pick, and it's like, oh, holy shit. You know, we've got five and eight. We could land two big-time guys here. And then we fucking take Franz Wagner, and it's like, well, you know, not that exciting. Okay. If Franz Wagner, minus the drug problem and the Kardashian problem, if Franz Wagner ends up like Lamar Odom, are you upset? Oh, I mean, he, there's no way he's going to be as good as Lamar Odom. Lamar Odom is a multiple-time All-Star. Well, I'm thinking more like sixth man Lamar Odom, like behind Pau Gasol off the bench kind of Lamar. It, look, okay, fine. If Franz Wagner ends up as a sixth man of the year candidate, or maybe he wins it once or twice, whatever, are you upset? No, that's fine with me if he wins sixth man of the year, you know. Because I'm not saying he's going to, but my point is, right, like, look, I think with Franz, you know what you're getting with the dude as long as he doesn't, like, flame out, right? Like, as long as he doesn't have multiple injuries, I think you know what you're getting with the guy. Now, I'm not saying, again, and look, there's a very real possibility this guy's a bust. There's a real possibility Jalen Suggs is a bust, okay? Like, like there's a possibility Cade Cunningham is a bust. Don't tell me you know the future of these guys in five years. Like, I don't believe that, right? Um, because I've seen too many people kind of go through this process and be like, oh, uh, we're not high on that guy. And, like, he ends up winning you an NBA championship, like Kyrie, right? Now, I mean, Kyrie was a, a kind of a different story. But, I mean, I remember that night Jay Billis was like, the, the night of that draft, Jay Billis was like, ah. I mean, you know, he's good, and he's played well in college, but, like, I don't know how his skills are going to translate. Everyone pretends to know the future. My point is you don't, right? And so I think that at the end of this, and, and by the way, I, I just want to say this to you, I guess kind of the fans as I'm sitting here. You know, we have two mics this time. We've got one computer. We're sitting here face-to-face. -face. It's not, like, my shitty setup. It's your, like, professional setup, right? Um, you know, I feel like we've just taken this to the next level. But, but look, my point is this, okay? You don't know the future. You don't know where these guys are going to end up. Like, you know, you, you've given yourself a $100 gambling budget for tomorrow. Bet me $100 right now that Franz Wagner doesn't end up six men in the air. Well, that's the thing, is if I had, if it, someone said, you have to bet $100 on the outcome of Franz Wagner's career, I would say he's going to be a bust. You know, I just don't see him being an impactful player for the Magic 
because to me, what we need the most on this team is the stars. We've got a bunch of guys who are going to be at least role players on this team. We need guys who are going to come in and make an impact, you know? Okay, so are you saying he's a bust for what we need, or he's, he's a bust just a for bust? what we need? Yeah, in terms of, because the draft pick is, you're drafting what we need, and we drafted him, and he's not what we need, so he's a bust. Okay, you and I clearly have different definitions of the word bust, alright? To me, a bust is Anthony Bennett, okay? Um, yeah, I don't think he's going to be Anthony Bennett. I just think he's going to be, like, some guy who, you know, I don't know, maybe knocks down a shot, maybe plays a little defense, but he's going to be, like, the forward version of Evan Fournier or something. I mean, probably worse than that, because Evan Fournier is actually, like, pretty good. But just, like, a guy who's not making oh, a difference there. You do not get to sit here and tell me you think Evan Fournier is actually pretty good. Evan Fournier is making $17 million a year in New I'm York. I'm not saying he's not. I'm not saying he's not. But three years ago, I guess it was more, I guess it was, what, 2015, 2016, you, me, and Thomas sat in the Amway Center and just screamed fire Fournier and booed the magic off the court versus the Hornets, okay? And we blamed that game, we blamed that entire season on Fournier. Now, look, there was, you know, this, this wonderful asshole named Jacques Vaughn there as well, right? Mm. Whatever. But at that point, Fournier had been on the team more than, like, like Fournier had played more games for the Magic than Wagner's played in his career. Look, I, again, I'm not sitting here trying to say this dude, like, is the greatest thing ever. But I'm saying, if he ends up as the forward version of Evan Fournier, are you upset? The answer is no. To me, that's not a bust. Okay. Yeah, I'm saying he's going to be a worse version of Evan Fournier, and it's like we already know what that is, and so it's like, well, what is the point? I would rather have a guy who has a, a much higher potential of being an absolute disgusting bust, you know, like Anthony Bennett, but with a, more of an upside of, like, being a real impact player than have a guy who's like, well, he's probably just going to be okay. You know, who cares? We've got a bunch of players. You can go find a guy for $5 million that can just be okay on your team. I, I get your point. I get your point. Like, if you're a winning team, you know, the Lakers I get know. Malik Monk to come for the vet minimum. And they get, you know, whoever the hell, uh, Wayne Ellington. And they get, uh, you know, they get all these fucking guys to come and play half-decent minutes for no money. They get, you know, Markeith Morris or whatever. You know, and it's like if, when you're a winning team, people show up and play and give you good minutes. So if you're like, oh, would you rather have spent, you know, your draft pick and all this time developing a guy who could be just as good as some fucking guy you could pull off the scrap heap, you know, in three years when we're right. actually good. It's like, why not, you know, draft the players who will actually make you good enough to get the OK players to come for cheap? Look, I get that. I, I get where you're coming from. But, I mean, I'm just not ready to say the guy's worthless quite yet. I'm not telling you. I'm not saying he's I'm not. Saying he's not. But I'm just, I'm just not ready to say it yet. So, in that regard, for the love of God, Magic fans, lay off the dude. If in two years you want to start screaming he's a bust, fine, do it. All right? And then we'll all be wrong. Well, I'm not saying we'll be wrong, but, like, you know, we... 
remember when Yumi and Thomas screamed Evan Fournier should be fired. We like we literally thought he was the worst shooting guard to ever step foot on an NBA floor. And like you just said, he's actually pretty good making seventeen million a year. So like you know what I mean? T- things change and and stuff happens in careers. And I think fit also has a lot to do with it. Yeah, I mean to me, this is just like what I'm thinking. I guess you know like. I'm not saying guaranteed, book it, you know, guaranteed, you know, Charles Barkley, this guy's going to be a bust. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I had to get out in front of it, you know, just to let everyone know what my opinion is, I think he's probably going to be a bust. But, like, you know, it's possible that he couldn't be. But, I, you know, I, I feel strong enough that I'd like to get out in front of it really early so that, if he does become a bust, then everybody knows I thought he was going to be a bust the whole time. Yeah, so I, I think you and I kind of agree on that with the different definition of bust, right? Me, bust is like out of the league in five years. Okay, and not due yeah. to like, not due to injury, right? Like people call Greg Oden a bust. I don't think Greg Oden is a bust because the talent was there and you never actually got to see what he did because he had injuries. Injuries do, injuries do not make you a bust. A bust to me is somebody who played really well in college, was thought of very highly, and just got out there and just couldn't. So perform. Franz Wagner turns into JJ Redick, you know, a JJ Redick type career where he, you know, only scores like 13 points a game for the Magic and then leaves and plays for another like 15 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, is he a bust? To me, that would be a, that would be a bust. In terms of the Orlando Magic, J.J. Redick is a bust. In terms of J.J. Redick, he had a great, fantastic career, you know? So to me, in terms of the Orlando right, Magic, okay. I think Franz Wagner is probably going to be a bust, <laughs> you know? It's like, I right. don't know, maybe he'll go and be a, a, you know, a role player on some other team or something. I don't know. You know, it'll be just like some dude. Or when he's 35, he'll go play for, you know, Le- LeBron Jr. or whatever, you know, <laughs> I don't know. He'll be the he'll be the Kyle Korver of you know Luca when he's old, you know, like yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, all right, I get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Um, it's like to me, you know, hey, if you're the Nets and you uh, your first round pick is number thirty one or something, and you draft you a guy, 30. or you know, yeah, whatever, thirty or twenty eight or whatever it is. You know, and then you have, um, you know, you draft a guy and he's like, eh, you know, he's okay. He plays for you. You know, he plays 15 minutes a game or he plays 10 minutes a game. He's a role player. Well, that's a fucking awesome pick because their whole team is stacked and, the, you know, getting any minutes at anyone is good. Right, right. When you're the Orlando Magic and you're drafting five and eight, you know, you need a fucking guy who's going to come in and give you, you know, hopefully be a starter for you if you could draft right. two starters at five and eight that totally changes the franchise well and, and again right look i don't as you know and as our magic fans are our, our, our um our uh, uh loyal listener base of like you know our friends you know who i'm talking about and then the people overseas right look as all of you people know i don't like to predict careers because i think it's so hard to predict my own life and i know me better than anybody 
Uh, how the hell? Like, I, look, I, uh, pick any NBA player. Pick any celebrity. Pick whatever. I don't know any of these people. Right? Like, is Franz Wagner, like, a hard worker? To hell if I know. I have a full-time job. I don't even live in Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so is he the last one in, or is he the first one in, the last one out of the Amway Center? I don't fucking know. Right? Remember Daniel Orton? Uh, he was, like, a late pick, and I was real high on him, and somebody told me one time Van Gundy hated him because before the game, he was texting the stripper that he was meeting up with after. You know what I mean? Like, during the pregame meeting, like, Van Gundy would be having a meeting and Orton would be sitting over there, like, texting, you know, the stripper that he met the night before, whatever the heck it was, who was going to, whatever. You get my point. But, but look, I mean, you know, like, I don't know. I, I that, that to me, look, I'm, I'm an investor, right? So I try to minimize the unknowns. Personally, if I was a GM, I don't think I'd ever draft a player. And, and the reason for that <laughs> is because I would rather have the known than the unknown. So if I had, like, the first overall pick in this year's draft, right, I would trade that for a sure thing. Right? Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's like the same thing of, like, you know, you could have Nick Vooch and you know, hey, this is guaranteed we're not going to be a fucking good team with Nick Vooch. So let's trade him for a pick. And maybe you get somebody who's good, you know? And we had the opportunity. I like Moses Moody. I thought Moses Moody could be a big-time starter for a long time on this team, you know? Because to me, you look at the teams that win the NBA championship, and you see, like, what kinds of players are they? Like, did they, have they went out and drafted some guy who's just, like, okay? You know, it's like you look at the Bucks and they go out and they get Giannis, big-time superstar. They go out and they get Chris Middleton, you know, star. They go out and they get Drew Holiday, star and then it's like a bunch of just like fucking guys you know so two things one i just want to bring your attention to the man who went out and drafted Giannis. okay and i i believe brought in middleton as well all right our good friend john hammond well that's the thing that's that's he went out and he got a guy who had massive upside and like horrific just disgusting downside i mean it's like <laughs> jonathan 15, isaac it's like a 15 year old guy who's like we see him in a, like a gym in greece <laughs> you know playing with like 40 year old men at a ymca rec league you know that that's what i'm saying if he goes out and he just got and he goes man i think that this like random fucking dude is going to be the next Giannis. that i'm in you know, I don't care. I don't care if it's Bruno Cabloclo, you know? I'd rather have him at eight than Franz Wagner, who, like, has no upside. And, like, well, maybe he's going to be an okay player. And it's like, well, who cares, you know? I mean, I mean, look at the Lakers. Who was, like, yeah, you know, they drafted someone he was just okay. It's like Kyle Kuzma isn't even okay. That's, like, the most okayest player they have, <laughs> you know? Well, uh, they don't even have him anymore. Yeah, I mean, they don't have any more. I mean, back when they won yeah, the championship, yeah, 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 their championship yeah, yeah. team, it's like LeBron, total superstar, uh, Anthony Davis, total superstar, and then it's like a bunch of, like, random fucking guys that, like, joined the team, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they didn't, oh, you know, did they draft, like, someone who was, like, oh, they drafted, like, a, a solid starter, you know, who was just, like, on the team and happened to win? Like, the only guy I could think of, I mean, maybe you could consider Fred Van Vliet, like, the Raptors drafted him, and he's, like, in terms of a starting NBA point guard, like, okay. But he's, like, also more of, like, a sixth man, I guess. 
So like that's the only guy I could think of, but they didn't draft him at like five overall when they were a shitty team. You know, they drafted him whenever the hell they drafted him. I'm pretty sure it was like, I don't know, we gotta look this up. I'm just curious, but no, look, I get your point, but that's why if it were me, I would never make a draft pick, right? Like, I mean, honestly, if I could, if I was Detroit and I could send the number one overall. Oh, Fred Van Vliet, he was undrafted. So that's also the thing, you know, <laughs> like they literally didn't even draft him at all. So to me, I, I just feel like when you're drafting at five and eight and then like if you get maybe like a Jonathan Kaminga at five the, and he's like, you know, huge boom bust. Well, then maybe you take the safe pick. But to me, Jalen Suggs, you know that this guy is at least going to be pretty good. So why not swing for the fence on somebody else? I see your point, and I'm going to counter it with your first point is exactly what that team did, what the Magic did. I'm not going to sit here and tell you today that Jalen Suggs is an all-star. I'm not telling you he's a bust. Right, and God, I mean, look, I'm just going to speak this into existence because we're Orlando Magic fans, and all we know is fucking doom. But, like, how do you know Jalen Suggs doesn't have a bunch, you know, doesn't have a bunch of uh, knee problems in the middle of the season, right? He doesn't right now. He doesn't. But my point is, he goes out and tears an ACL 20 games into the season, and then he comes back and he plays three games and he, you know, like I'm at, pretending he's Jonathan Isaac. Isaac, I don't think is going to be anything. If there's one guy on this team that I'm out on, it's Isaac. Because when you go through that many injuries, there's no way mentally you come back correctly. Look, the mental aspect of anything I think is far more important than the physical. Now, if you're like, you know, like you and me, all right, like look, man, I'm going to be honest, all right? I'm 5'11 or whatever the hell I am, 5'10, whatever the shit I am. All right, and like, I don't know, like 170, 175, whatever the hell I weigh, okay? If you stick my ass out there on, like, the Carolina Panthers O-line, it's just going to look worse than it already does, okay? So, like, in that regard, you can't do that. But, like, I think the mental aspect of this shit is more important. And so my point is I don't think Isaac's ever going to come back I don't think Isaac's ever going to be an all-star. I don't think Isaac's ever going to be worth whatever the hell we're paying him, $12 million a year, whatever the fuck it is. Paying him like 22 now. You signed him to that extension. Yeah, yeah, that, that extension's, I think, 12. Right? I think it's like 12. Well, definitely more than $20 million a year. He never would have accepted less than that. I thought it was like 12, because him and, uh, uh, what's his face? Fultz. Kind of the same, which I got more than 12 as well. He got like 18 or something insane. Well, I, I'm kind of out on him too. Four years, 80 million for Isaac. Uh, okay, you're right. So it is 20 million a year. Three years, 50 for Fultz. Yeah, so both of them together, I mean, more or less, they're kind of like 20 million a year. I mean, Fultz is a little bit less, but yeah, so Isaac. I thought the Isaac deal was pretty awesome because if he's not good, well, then we're way further than four years away from being good. So who gives a shit? Right. We're... And then if he's good, when he even if he puts in, uh, you know, 70 games of what he was last year when he was coming back from an injury, he's worth $20 million a year. 
So if he doesn't get any better, doesn't improve his jump shot, doesn't improve his passing, doesn't improve his scoring, doesn't do anything, he's worth $20 million a year. I mean, I think all that stuff's going to be better, right? But uh, I'm worried, like, uh, mechanically, I think it's all going to be better, but I'm worried he's going to be afraid to do any of it. No, I don't think so, man. That guy's, he's crazy with the religion stuff. So he's <laughs> hes going to think that he's, you know, an angel on the court or something and nothing's going to go wrong. <laughs> Which look, look, I don't want to make a joke about that. I mean, in all in all in all seriousness, right? Like I I am very um, honestly I'm I'm kind of jealous of Isaac that that he believes in something so strongly, and like good for him, man. I'm I'm serious. I'm I'm really not trying to make fun of him, but you're right. Like you know, I mean, you know, uh, the day after that, he tweeted out like everything happens for a reason. God has a plan for everybody. Like I'm just gonna come back stronger, and it's all gonna work out. And, and I think, you know, well, I guess two things. One, who gives a fuck if he's, get, if he's vaccinated or not? Because Florida doesn't give a shit about anything. So, like, he's, at least he's going to play home games on, like, Kyrie. But, like, all I'm saying is, is look, you're in, a, you're in a weird world with him. And, and I don't, I don't want to – I know we're kind of just, like, rant, rambling here. This is, this is fun. But, like, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just not prepared to say he's going to come back, right? And so I don't like to look at, like, I think it's very tough to make forecasts in general in this world, let alone make forecasts that about people we don't even know. And so I don't like to do it. That's why I'm saying, like, whatever these guys become is what these guys become. Your job as a general manager and our job is... Loosely successful podcast hosts and fans <laughs> is to just like enjoy the ride, you know. I mean, unfortunately for us, most of the time, you know, the ride is like completely into the ground in a ball of fire. It seems at least, you know, it seems we at least you're in the NFL, at least you've got the Bucks that are like. But you had God knows how many years of misery and that shit too. Look, all my, my all I'm saying is our job is to enjoy the ride and not really judge these guys. Like lay the hell off them. Quit trying to make predict. Quit trying to make predictions. I should probably stop making predictions on Isaac because you're right. He may come back and be like, you know, I mean, legitimately, like I'm not trying to make a joke here. He may come back and think like the Lord is going to help him be a superior basketball player. And that may work. Like I'm not trying to make a joke and I'm not trying to offend him or put him down or, or, or anything like that. I'm truly not. And if I am, I need you to let me know or somebody to let me know, uh, email us, uh, <laughs> whiteboard basketball pod at Gmail. I'm sorry. I did not mean to, to make that plug at that moment, but like, seriously, like, I don't want to offend anybody. And I, I don't, I, so if I am, I'm uh, I'm truly sorry. But my point is this: like, how the fuck do I know what he's believing? So let him go do it. Who cares, right? It's a brilliant plug there for the pod by <laughs> by him. Yeah, everyone lay off. Don't even think about the game. Just enjoy it. Don't offer any opinions. Don't do any project any predictions any projections. Don't do anything. Everybody, don't ever talk about the game at all. Just watch and enjoy it as we sit here broadcasting our Orlando Magic podcast, offering projections for the young guys. 
<laughs> All I'm saying is the way I think about this team is not what they're going to become. I think about like one game at a time, one season at a time, what they need to do to get to where we want them to become, where we want, what we want them to become. Right. Yeah, I think this is what I, I project. Game one, Franz Wagner bust. <laughs> Game two, Franz Wagner, bust. <laughs> Game three, Franz Wagner, bust. And uh, overall, just a bust for me, you know? <laughs> well, and so, like, again, bust for the Orlando Magic, not for his career. Yeah. I agree. That's the thing. I think he might turn out to be, like, a fine player. Like, he might be a guy who is... Sort of like an Alpha Camino as a starter for the Trailblazers. Yeah. You know, obviously he's like a fucking disgusting bust for the Magic now because he never plays and he sucks. And then now he's a horrendous bust for the Bulls and he never <laughs> played. And now he's just, uh, God only knows what he's doing on the Spurs. But, right. uh, you know, for the the Blazers, you know, drafting him, I don't know, they probably draft him at 20. And it's like, hey, this guy was a starter for our team for like three years. Well, then it's like a total win, you right. know? But if you draft Alfaro Camino at five, at eight, then it's like, well, that kind of sucks because you could have Bam on a bio at eight. You could have Donovan Mitchell at eight. Alfaro Camino was a top ten pick, I think. He was. I think so. Well, yeah, I don't know. Well, then maybe he's kind of a bust. Well, I don't know. You know, I think. Well, that's the thing. When you have Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, you need a guy who is a quality starter. You know, we don't have any of those guys on the team yet. So, like, we need to draft our C.J. McCollum or our Damian Lillard on this team, you know? That's kind of the difference to me. We don't need, oh, let's fill out, you know, with role players. These Would you guys. like to know what pick? Al uh, Farouk was? What was he? Was he like six or something? Nope. Higher or lower? Lower. Ten? Uh, in between. Seven? Eight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was the eighth overall pick in 2010. Look, my point that I was trying to make is when you've got <laughs> God damn it. When you've got CJ McGollum and Damian Lillard on your team, you need to fill out with quality role players. Uh-huh. And so at eight, if you hit on a quality role player, well then that's fine. When you don't have anyone like that at all on your team, then who gives a shit if you have a quality role player, you know? If you've got five quality role players on your team, well, then you're a piece of shit team, you know? Well, so here's what I'll say, right? I, I told you, I, I don't know how I feel about Markel, but, but again, like, look, I, from what I've seen from Cole Anthony this year, he looks really good. It looks like he's made some steps forward. It looks like he's taken some steps forward from last season to this season. I would say the same thing about RJ Hampton. And I think RJ's situation is a little bit different because basically he's been on three teams in a year. Yeah. Or he's had three coaches at least. Like, let's agree on that. Um, But, I mean, that dude, look, that dude can play the one through the three. All right. And that dude can probably play it pretty well. Right. So I think you're going to see some three-guard lineups this year, which neither here nor there. But my point is this. Like, in a guard role, right, tell me right now that we don't have that. Now, I think, look, I, I, I think probably your best bet to be, like, the, the Damian Lillard of the Orlando Magic is Jalen Tucks. Oh, of course. 
To me, I think that there's a difference between having guys who are good, young, developing players who show promise and then guys who actually impact winning this season in the NBA. Like, if we wanted to win games this year, our best option at center would be not trading Kem Birch last year. Right. If it's like, hey, we want to be a developing basketball team and get better for the future, then Kem Birch is literally the worst possible option because uh -huh. he's maxed out his own talent, you know? Right, right. And, and, and so here's the thing. So let's kind of transition into the season. I mean – uh, I'm not gonna put num I'm not gonna put a number on how many games we're gonna win. Um, we're probably gonna be like the 14 or 15 seed, right? Probably, we might get lucky, and if we if we kind of figure it out and go and go on a winning streak, and the Human Torch comes back and just comes in, and like, you know, if like the young guys can keep us in a few games, and then, um. Terrence Ross comes in and shoots us into more wins than he shoots us out of. I could see us maybe making the play in, but I mean, that's like, that's kind of a long shot for me. Look, the, how I'm going to determine the success of this season is, and there's, there's a few guys I'm watching. Okay. Really. I'm kind of watching every young guy on the team, but specifically uh, I'm looking at, Suggs, Cole Anthony, Mo Bamba. Those are the three guys that I'm kind of watching this year. And and I'll, I'll get to, to Isaac and, and, and Fultz in a second. But those three guys, Suggs, Bamba, uh, uh, Anthony, and, and even kind of front, and, and, and even Wagner as well. Um, but those three, four guys, the success to me of this season is going to be what do they look like in game one versus what do they look like in game 82. That's yeah. it. I agree. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be a development year. So when I, I mean, you know, the difference between a guy impacting winning and a guy who's a, a quality young player or whatever, mm -hmm. to me, that's where the RJ Hampton situation kind of comes in. I think he's a good young player. I think he's developing. I think he's getting better. I think in terms of winning NBA basketball games, he's going to be absolutely fucking killing you on the court. I think the same thing for Cole Anthony. He's going to be absolutely killing you out there. Same thing for Jalen Suggs. He's going to be absolutely right. killing you out there. I think this team without Markel Fultz, who's not going to be starting the season, we are going to be one of the most putrid offenses maybe in NBA history out there. I have no idea who is going to be consistently dribbling the ball down the floor and creating efficient shots for others on a 80 to 100 possessions a night consistently without Marco Fultz out there. Right. Right. Now, now here's, here's what I'll say. So I disagree that we're going to be like one of the worst offenses of all time. I agree with the first part. I have no idea what the fuck we're we're in for i think it you know let's say markel fultz misses the first 15 games we might be the worst modern offense in history for the first 15 games when i think markel fultz comes back i think then we're going to go to being regularly bad at offense i'll give you that here's the thing i think and, and this is kind of going to suck right like because with fultz and isaac back that's going to mess up the flow of the team it just is there's no way it can't right but assuming Fultz misses the whole season, which we know he's not, but in a world where Fultz is out the entire season, okay, I think that 
like in a world where Fultz is out the entire season, I think that we may start the first 15 games as like the worst offense in history. By the end of the season, we're not. That's just my guess, right? Again, I don't like predicting, but there's no way these guys don't develop. As, as you just said, Cole Anthony has promise. RJ Hampton has promise. I even think Bamba has promise. Now, to what level? We can debate that later. And is he a bust? In your words of like Orlando Magic bust versus Mo Bamba bust, kind of like your JJ, right? Like, yeah. sure. Like, I'll give that to you. I think in terms of Mo Bamba, it's like obviously the guy was a project, and then we just like never fucking. Well, one, he was injured, and then we didn't fucking play him. So, like, I don't think that he's necessarily a bust. I think we just fucked his career up, and then also, like, I just feel like he doesn't have the motor. And so, I don't know if necessarily he would be considered a full-blown bust. I mean, just kind of like number five overall pick. I mean, he's a bust, obviously. In terms of, like, taking into consideration the context of the draft, it's like the guy was a total project. Guaranteed he wasn't going to be good his rookie year. Right, right. And you just need to fucking hang him out to dry and play in some minutes. And then we just didn't... We did that a little bit in the first half of his first year. And then he gets injured. And then we immediately go and have, like, the fifth best record in the second half and make the playoffs. And then the second year was like, oh, my God, we've got to get back to the playoffs again. And every time you play Mo Bamba, he's fucking killing you out there. And so we never play him. And then he keeps getting injured. And then, like, he's just fucked. Right. And, And again, right? Like, I don't think we tried to fuck up his career. But that's what happened. Yeah. I agree. And that's what I said earlier. He played well. Not well, but he played like kind of what you expected, I guess. He didn't play worse than you expected the first half of his first year. Gets injured. We go on to make the playoffs. I think the coaching staff, a.k.a. Clifford, and look, I'm not trying to put you know, put any blame on this coaching staff, but I think they looked at this and were like, holy shit, like we're going to make the playoffs. Or they look, maybe they made the playoffs. I looked back and I'm like, holy shit, we're really bad with Obama on the floor. Well, like, no shit, Sherlock, because you've drafted a rookie center who doesn't really have a great offensive game, okay? So, like, no shit, right? So, then you come out and you're like, all right, well, we just made the playoffs. We need to do that again, like you said. And so... Bomba came back and he was like, "All right, like I'm ready to go." And Clifford was like, "No, <laughs> your numbers, your numbers suck," and that killed his confidence. I, look, I think had Clifford stayed, the best thing for Mo Bomba was to be traded. And, and who knows, Clifford Bomba could have end. I mean, I guess he still could. Bomba, in my opinion, has the potential to end up like a Nick Vooch, maybe a poor man's Nick Vooch, but like you know, like in all-star consideration a few seasons. Right? Just a guess. I mean, I don't think he's going to be, you know, Hakeem Olajuwon or Shaq. But, like, he could be, you know, a poor man's Nick Vooch. I think he could be a poor man's Brook Lopez. Some guy who's going to stand in the corner and shoot threes and stand in the paint with his arms up in the air and block a lot of shots. That would be your best-case scenario if he turns out to be Brook Lopez to me because Brook Lopez can bomb it from three. Mm-hmm. And, well, you know, back in the day, obviously, he had his back-to-the-basket game. So right. back, so 
poor man's modern Brook Lopez. Obviously, Mo Bamba, he can't fucking dribble at all, and he has no back-to-the-basket game whatsoever. Totally non-existent. So he is... Do lobs. you believe that Bamba can develop a back-to-the-basket game? Just He's never even done it at any point in his whole life, so I don't think so. He's going to be strictly pick-and-pop, stand in the corner and shoot your threes and spread the floor. And I just, you know, maybe, you know, pick-and-roll, have him roll to the rim, but he just doesn't have the, the hops to get way up, you know, like some of these guys like a Clint Cabela does. So, like, to me, what I want him doing is – Stop fucking touching the ball, stand in the corner, and knock down your threes at a high enough rate where the opposing team center has to stay glued to you on every possession. And now you've got Jonathan Isaac and, you know, Jalen Suggs running a pick and roll with no center in the paint. And now it's like, holy shit, you know? So so let me ask, let me ask you about Bomba's defense. Because here here's the thing, right? Like, from everything I've heard... Bomba's a really hard worker. And, like, he tries to get better. Okay? And apparently he's put in a shitload of work this offseason. So, again, I'm not saying that that, like... I'm not saying that that changes the dynamic... ...of this season. But I'm saying that... I mean... Look, I think being a hard worker... And sure, right? In the words of that dickhead Colin Coward, everybody has their ceiling. And you can be a really hard worker, but being a hard worker only pushes you so far above that ceiling, right? Or or yeah. whatever. And so, you know, Coward is kind of right about that. And I don't know what Bomba's ceiling is, but what I'm saying here is if that's what he is on offense, great. If he's like a poor man's Dwight Howard on defense, I'm in. Now, I'm not saying I don't think he can be Dwight on defense. I think, look, I think he needs some work, but I think he's got the right coach to help him with that work now. I don't think he had that right coach. The thing about Dwight is is that in pick and rolls, he can move out and stick with guards. He can actually almost sometimes a little bit still guard the point guard in the pick and roll, which is unbelievable. No one can do that thing about Brooke Lopez is is they always do the drop coverage where whenever they run the pick and roll he drops underneath the screen then he stands back in the paint he dares the guy to shoot the the mid-range jumper and then he gets his arms way up in the fucking air and he stands in the paint and he blocks you know one or two shots a game but he just impacts every shot in the paint and so when you run into the paint there's going to be Brooke Lopez standing there his arms in the air and that's why the Bucks have have had like one of the best defenses you know, they've been the number one defense or the number two defense the past, like, three years because it's really difficult to score on them in the paint because Brooke Lopez is always there. Now, there's going to be some teams, you know, if the Nets are ever healthy, where, hey, if you go under the screen on Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and James Harden, well, they're just going to, you know, shoot 50% from three because they're going to be wide open every time and you're going to get blown off the court, you know, and you can't do that every time. But in the regular season, there's not that many teams that can do that. So to me, that's what if, you know, Mo Bamba could get there, that would be awesome because, you know, Brooke Lopez is fucking awesome, you know? Right. So, I mean, I don't think he's going to get there because he hasn't shown the ability to do any of the things that Brooke Lopez can do. Again, I think 
look, I, I really hate to say this because I feel like we're kind of going down the Aaron Gordon rabbit hole where it's like, give him another year or give him two more years. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I honestly, I feel like, look, do I think Aaron Gordon has the potential to be, do, do I think Aaron Gordon had the potential to be, Do I think Aaron Gordon had the potential to be like a Blake Griffin or or even a um, Kawhi Leonard? Yeah, I think the potential and the athleticism was there, but he's never gonna be, and he never, like, you know, he he never will be because we just fucked up his career to at, at such a ex- exorbitant right. This is like this is what we did to Aaron Gordon is like the is like the difference between an army general saying to a, a sniper. Um, okay, hey, look, you see those three Taliban guys over there? Like, you need to pick them off right now versus that same army general going to, like, a freaking drone operator and say, do you see that building? I want it gone. Or that you see that town? I want it gone. Right? Like, we, we didn't we didn't go to a we didn't go to a sniper like, hey, we need to, like, work on, like, these three things with Aaron Gordon or these four things with Aaron Gordon, and then we'll get him there because the rest of it is there. We went to Aaron Gordon, or we went to the drone operator and said, you see that player, Aaron Gordon? We want his career demolished. Boom. Like, that was what we did, all right? And I don't think we meant to, but we did. And I'm worried we're going down the path with Bamba. My, my concern, look, if Jamal Mosley is here three years, or if he's here two years, whatever, and he's the hell out of here, like, we're fucked. Because now you're in a perpetual cycle of a revolving door of coaches every two to three years. Yeah. Right? I mean, Van Gundy was the last guy who was here, you know, any portion of, you know, any semblance of actual time. So, again, like, yeah, and I understand coaches don't have the longevity that they used to in this league, but, I mean, you got to be kidding me, Right. Do I think Bamba could be Brook Lopez, like in his prime, Brook Lopez? Possibly, but do I also think that Aaron Gordon could have been Kawhi Leonard? I possibly, but we fucked that up for them. That's my point. That's what I'm worried about here with these guys. I'm not worried about their talent or their work ethic. Like I said, from every everything I've heard, Bamba has an incredible work ethic. My concern is that Mosley in a year and a half is like, the fuck are we doing here? Like Betsy DeVos is like, you know, trying to change the education world even though she knows nothing and investing in Theranos or Theranos, whatever the hell it is with that Elizabeth Holmes. Like Betsy's retarded and like this family is literally more interested in, you know, Jacking up the value of the team than actually doing anything with it. Where the hell out? I'm the hell out of here, right? Like that's the I, to me that's the bigger concern, is that he's just like, what the hell dumpster? What the hell dumpster fire did I walk into? I, I've had a lot of thoughts this off season. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I don't think there's any way he does that. I mean, he would. He knows what he's getting himself into here at the Orlando Magic, but. Uh, we're kind of winding down here. It's getting late. Um, I think... Uh, How long are we even going? I really don't know because it, it, it doesn't record in, like, minutes. It's just is like, counting up, like, seconds or something. But I don't... It doesn't make any sense to me, to be honest. So 
It's been a while. This okay. has been a pretty long one here uh, from the Mirage in Las Vegas. Going to bring up the local sports book. Has the over and under for wins for the Orlando Magic at 22.5. Ian, are you feeling the over or the under on that? I feel like it's a pretty good number. It's right in line with what I was thinking. I was thinking low 20s. So. 22 and a half. That is so annoying. Because <laughs> I was going to say, like, I don't know. I think it's under because my first instinct was 25 wins. Yeah. Right? And so maybe... Take my first instinct based off, like, picking a nice round number, yeah. right? I'm taking the over. But I'm not taking the over, like, oh, that is completely fucking wrong. Like, they're going to hit 50 wins. I'm not doing that. I'm saying it's going to be, like, I could see that 22. I could see a margin of error. So, so t say 23, just because you can't win half a game. Um, 20, Let's say 23 wins the sports book. I could see that number being wrong, plus or minus five in either direction. Three yeah. in either direction. Right? Like, I could see them winning 26 games. Yeah, because I feel like 30, I, I just don't see us getting to 30 at all. No, I think it's got to be less than 30. Yeah. I think, you know, when you start talking about 15, 16, 17 wins, that is truly historically disgusting performance. Right. And I don't think we're technically going to be there unless the one thing where you think maybe we could go under that is the beginning of the of the season. The schedule is absolutely brutal. So if you have no faults, you've got no Isaac, you know, Suggs struggles out the gate, yeah. you know, and then, oh, we're we're two and 14. The trade deadlines approaching. We got to get rid of Gary and get something for him. We got to, you know, we got to get Ross off this team. Let's get, you know, each one more the hell out of here or something. I don't know. And then it's the second half. Isaac and Fultz come back. But now we have no vets. We're young and shitty. And, man, we only had, you know, four wins in the first half. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, now it's like, holy shit, are we going to win fucking 20 games in the second half? I don't, you know, are we going 20 and 20 in the second half? I don't right. know. And then that's the way that I, I could I could see it going. I just don't know if we're gonna quite be as disgusting as sometimes I fear in the first half. So I really feel like twenty two or like twenty three wins is like what I'm thinking, which is like literally like the under or the over exactly. So what's it's your a tough line? What's your what's your margin of error on that? Because mine is three in either direction. I think you said five at first, right? Five. Yeah, yeah, I'm settling on three. Yeah. I, picked five. I like round numbers, but I, I would think say really like, three. yeah, I, I, I think 25 to me is going to be the absolute max. I, I just don't see us winning any more than 25, like realistically, and I don't see us losing, winning any fewer than like 18. So, you know, 22 plus or minus three. Okay, so yeah, we're in the same, we're in the same boat. So, to me, I, I'm going to take the under just because I think Jamal Mosley knows what he's getting himself into. He may lean into it at the end of the year. You know, like, right. if we're yeah, closing in, if we're battling with OKC, who, like, 
has truly put together an absolutely disgusting roster of players. I mean, my God, you know, besides Jay, it is really rough what they've got going on over there. Um, so it might be a battle for the number one seed there uh, in terms of the number one overall pick. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the under. I think that we do have the ability to go maybe one or two over, but we don't necessarily have the ability to go way under. You know, like some of these right. teams, like... I, I think the one thing that could blow it, and I always throw this out there, is injuries. Yeah, like if Suggs goes down, although that's the thing, you know, if Suggs goes down, well, then we're paying, playing a lot of Gary Harris. We're playing a shitload of Gary Harris, right. and that probably is technically good in terms of winning, but, you yeah, know, you don't necessarily want that to happen. Yeah, that's probably better in terms of Yeah, yeah, look, I mean... I, you know, I think if Suggs goes down or I think if, if uh, Anthony goes down in the first, you know, 15, 20 games, mm-hmm. I, I could see us with, like, five wins. Maybe not not that low, but you know what I mean. Like, I could see us being, like, like historically bad if, if a few guys go down early. Um, we'll see. This is going to be interesting. You know, I mean, I, I do want to get one last question from you before we before we get out of here. Um, Bamba, double-double tonight. Uh, fouled out last game. Looked pretty good in the first preseason game. Suggs looked okay. Uh, Cole Anthony's looked okay in some of these games, at least on the stat lines. I did not watch the first one. I watched the one the other night. Um, based on what you're seeing on the stat lines and and kind of the highlight reels we're getting off of Bleacher Report, what are you what do you what do you like and what do you don't what do you not like about this the first three preseason games? Uh, well, I'm a little iffy on Suggs not starting all the games. You know, some of the lineups look a little bit iffy. I mean, you know, again, it's preseason and like who really cares? You know, he's probably just messing around. But if, you know, if you have to come up with something, you know, it's like, uh, oh, Sugg's not starting, that's a little bit iffy, especially with Fultz out. You know, some of the lineups, oh, Mo Wagner, uh, you know, two centers. Uh, we had uh, Wagner and, and Bamba starting or whatever. We had uh, um, we had Carter and Bamba starting. And it's like, that's a total disaster, you know, if you're doing that in a real regular season game. Um, you know, each one more starting, that's a total disaster if it's a regular season game. Now, I think all those things are going to get cleaned up in the regular season. You know, we're not messing around with each on war in the starting lineup, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. Necessarily, you can't really take anything away from preseason. I guess the only thing you can take away is, like, are guys showing flashes? You know, I, I think you've seen some flashes from Suggs. You've seen some flashes from Cole Anthony. Um, haven't seen a ton from RJ Hampton. Uh, you know, you but you saw some flashes from Mo Bamba. You also saw some flashes of absolutely just embarrassing play. You know, with the fouling out in twelve minutes in the preseason. But um, to me, you know, you've seen a few flashes, and that's really all you want from the preseason. So uh, I'm a little bit excited. I'm excited for this season, just to uh, you know see what's going on, see the development of the young guys. I'm not necessarily worried about wins. I mean, I'm really worried about racking up the losses, to be honest. But um, So so I just want to point something out. Jen Suggs, of the three games, has not started in one of them. He started tonight, and he started in Boston. He did not start in the loss to New Orleans. 
Um, would you like to guess who played the most minutes? In that game? In that game. Carter? No. Jalen Suggs. Oh. Well, yeah, coming off the bench. Yeah. So, so that does not bother me. Really doesn't. Because I think, like you said, right, I mean, I'm not sure Mosley, look, Mosley knew what he was getting himself into, but I don't think he really knows what he's got yet. I I don't think any coach does. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, preseason shortened this year due to COVID. Um, you know, summer league is, it would have been nice for him to have gotten like Bamba into summer league and Carter into summer league. You know what I mean? And he, he can't just given, you know, so I, I don't, that doesn't bother me at all. Um, I think the one thing that I like about the preseason so far, uh, and uh, that's not a concern for me. I think the the thing I like about the preseason so far is it seems like these guys are hustling. It seems like they're actually trying to win these games. And I like that because as you and I have talked about, yes, like it's going to be a kind of like, a, I mean, it's going to be a bad season in terms of wins and losses. But if we, like, we cannot do what Jacques Vaughn did and be like, all right, we're going to try to lose. We got to try to win and then just lose, right? Like, because you don't want to, you don't want to create, I mean, this is a whole, this is a new regime, right? You, the last thing you want to do with this team is create a, uh, let me put it this way, Jacques Vaughn did one thing I think better than any Orlando Magic coach ever, okay? And that was he created a culture that didn't give a shit about winning. Right, he did a really good job at it because he was a fucking babysitter, you know. And he didn't give a damn about winning. He was just like, all right, go on. You know, it was like the it was like that scene in Hoosiers where uh, Gene Hackman walks in and you know they're like running five v five, whatever. And like that's their practice, right? And the the coach goes, yeah, we normally do twenty minutes on, ten off, twenty on. Like you know, I have to know that he's doing. Uh, so my point is this. I, I think that guy, it was Jacques Vaughn, right? Like, just had no clue what he's doing. I, I think Mosley does. Um, so I think the two things I like are the, the, the culture that Mosley's trying to build and, like, hey, guys, we're actually trying to win here. And I like the hustle from the team. I combine those, I guess, into one. Uh, the other thing I like is uh, we've seen some flashes. Bomba double-double tonight. Uh, you know, the first game he looked okay. And, and there's, like like you said, it's the flashes of potential from a lot of different guys. And like I said, I think I think Hampton's still trying to kind of figure himself out. I'm not thinking anything from Summer League with, with regard to Hampton because I think he's still trying to figure himself out. I think he's trying to figure out his new role. I think he's kind of the odd man out in the guard rotation, uh, even right now. And so I, I think he's going to be asked to this year to do a lot of different things, and I think he's trying to figure out how to do all of them. No concerns there. Um, I guess the one thing I don't like is the same thing I haven't liked about the Orlando Magic, uh, uh, ever. Um, they, they haven't been able to close out games. You know, but it's preseason. Tonight, they had a shot at the win. Jalen Suggs threw the fucking ball away. So. Tank commander. (laughs) 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 
He wants another star to play with. So, anyway, it's you late as shit. It. Yeah, I'm tired. Had quite a few bed. drinks here. We gotta go to hell to bed. And this has been uh, Cole and Ian with another episode of the Whiteboard Basketball Podcast. Please send us any comments, concerns, reviews to whiteboardbasketballpod at gmail.com. And enjoy basketball.